Welcome to the Survival Guide for Orthodontists, the podcast that makes you the authority in orthodontics in your community. Get ready for insights on how to compete on expertise and trust against mail order and retail orthodontics. It's not always about the lowest fees. And now, from the People in Practice team, your hosts, Dr. Leon Klempner and Amy Epstein. Welcome to the Survival Guide for Orthodontists. I'm Leon Klempner, a retired board-certified orthodontist and currently teaching at the Harvard Orthodontic School. And I'm Amy Epstein. I have an MBA in marketing and 20 years of PR experience. I co-founded People in Practice with my dad just about 10 years ago. Today, we're thrilled to have Joe Hogan on the podcast, CEO of Align Technologies. Joe, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks, Amy. It's a pleasure to be here. I know that we're not quite mad money or, you know, some of the more well-televised <laughs> uh, podcasts or video podcasts, but in the ortho world, sure. we're, we're, you know, a little bit of a big deal. You know, that's true. Thanks for coming That's on. true. Yeah. yeah you know, we were rated, yep, we were rated uh, number one podcast in the orthodontic uh, community. So we're, we're proud hey, of Congratulations, it, so. Leon. That's, that's terrific. That's really good. You deserve Thank it. You. you guys do a great job. Thank you. Thank you, Thank Joe. You. So, uh, Joe, um, this is, you've been on this podcast before. We really appreciate you spending the time with us. Um, and, you know, Amy and I, before we started uh, this particular podcast, we talked a little bit about your intro, which we've given a number of times before, and decided that, look, people know who you are. Um, so uh, tell us a little bit maybe about your Thanksgiving or let, let our listeners know a little bit about the real Joe Hogan behind the CEO of Align Technology. That's interesting. Uh, I had Thanksgiving. I have a home in Bozeman, Montana. So I had Thanksgiving there. I have three sons. Uh, and my middle son is actually going for his PhD in paleontology out of Montana State. So uh, Jason's married, his wife, Trin. I have a grandchild to, uh, to Jason and Trin. His name's Elliot. So, and then we have some friends, uh, the local friends that we had Thanksgivings with in, uh, in Bozeman. No snow on the ground, really beautiful time of year. And uh, I, Thanksgiving is probably my, my most favorite holiday. And uh, it's the one I lived overseas a significant you know, part of my career. And it's the one I miss the most because there's so much pressure with gifts and things with Christmas in different areas. And and Thanksgiving should be a family time or people you love and to be around. So I really look forward to that holiday more than any other. What did you do, Leon and Amy? Were you in New York or? Um, yeah. You know, we this was the York. past. Yeah, we were in the, the passing of the torch took place uh, this year. Uh, my wife and I are selling our family home. Uh, 30, oh, wow. I don't know. So I don't know how many years Eight. we've been here. Our kids all 38. Kids all grew up here, and you know we're moving into Manhattan. And uh, as a result, uh, Amy actually hosted for the first time. So my wife passed over the turkey, I guess you would call it. To wow! Amy, who did a great job with her husband John. So thanks. yes, wow. except I don't do any wow. of it. My husband does all of it. So you can say that I did a good <laughs> job, but he does all of it. So it was it was great. Sounds like a good partnership. <laughs> That's great. It was. It is. All right. So so let's get down to it because um, orthodontists want to know. So let's start out with the fact that we have a lot of positive news in the, in our opinion, in the orthodontic community. 
Um, you know, we, we've our, our tagline is it's never been a better time to be an orthodontist. And we truly believe that. And, you know, our clients um, are, are doing well. And but we know that not everybody's doing well. Tell me a little bit about um, how Align and how digital orthodontics um, is affecting the industry and and potentially expanding the market for us. Yeah. Well, you know, Leon, and you and Amy are no, uh, you know, obviously you're not distant from uh, digital orthodontics, you know it well, but, and I'll ask you the same thing as what you see on your end, but I feel it's such a positive change to the industry. And, and I honestly don't say that just because of my CEO role here at Align. It's just, to me is, you know, digital orthodontics with plastic aligners and the kind of We've done 11 million patients so far, the kind of data that we have and AI we use to gain understanding of different tooth movements over different ages and time, and you can name it. I just think it is the golden age for orthodontics because I think we can treat more patients, treat more patients the way they want to be treated in a sense of, you know, comprehensive cases or, you know, more moderate cases about it. It's faster, you know, digital orthodontics have proven over time as we move the one week wear is much faster than what you'd have with, you know, with normal analog process with wires and brackets. Um, it's, it's obviously a patient preference that if patients adopt digital orthodontics, they can live the kind of life, eat the kind of foods, no white spot lesions, things that the, you know, obviously the orthodontists have wrestled with, with years with analog. And so, but it does require, you know, like we've talked about on our previous podcast, it does require a huge work change in offices. And I don't slight that. I think if you're an orthodontist and you've done an analog process for years, and we walk in with a digital system and tell you it's the best thing going, you really have to be dedicated to this and get over 70 or so percent of digital before you really can have a digital process and treatment. Now it's much you know less invasive, it's better for patients, they don't have to come in as often, I can recite all those things that I think you and most of the people that would join us on this podcast would know, but I don't make, um, I don't look at this as a slight change for orthodontists. I know what a challenge it is, and I look for us to partner with orthodontists to try to make that change as easy as possible. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, you know, of the technologies that are around now, um, and also those that you know will be coming out in the future, what, what are the most significant digital technologies and, and what's coming down the pike? Well, you know, I don't know if you're, you, when from a question standpoint, you look at just from a generic standpoint, um, you know, we have our, our digital platform that we talk about a lot is, is really important. And it's front-ended by iTero, uh, I'd say arguably the best scanner in the industry. Um, that, that product sets up the whole digital process for us, right? And uh, behind that, you know, if you think about the, the digital process itself, it starts with a scan. We move through to a, you know, a clinical, you know, type of, type of assessment that goes back to the doctor and sometimes back and forth too much between doctors and clinicians. And I'll talk about that in a second. And then we just launched our virtual care product too. We launched it in the teeth of the uh, issues we had in 2020 with COVID. And the idea with virtual care was to be able to monitor your patients remotely so they wouldn't have to come back into the office and risk reinfection rates and things that we were concerned about with COVID. And, and so it obviously gave us a, you know, a kind of an end-to-end solution that also tied in consumers uh, you know, with the orthodontic offices. And so that's the whole idea from a digital platform standpoint and digitization is it, is, uh, it gives us so much information. So with 11 million patients, uh, we just launched G8. And so to do G8, we realized that we had some open bite issues that, that would occur in a number of cases that we had to deal with. 
And so we looked at, you know, millions of cases of what we did with OpenBite and figured out what we have to change, particularly on molars and how that process would have to change. And, uh, and we use that information to really better that product in a significant way. So, um, you know, there's, I could just keep talking about it, but that digital platform and, and really I say the, the currency of digital is data. And we have so much data from so many different parts of the world over 25 years. And we mine that data that allows us to improve, you know, constantly in our organization with our algorithms and how we put things together. And I think that should be exciting for the industry to know that that kind of improvement based on science and understanding can really be part of orthodontics going forward based on digital. You know, um, you know, the, actually we're in, you know, we're in a, I don't have to talk, tell you about this, but we're in a digital age, obviously everything is, is yeah. going digital. Um, you mentioned the Invisalign virtual care, and that's a particular interest to Amy and I, you know, from a marketing perspective, because, you know, anything that is good for the end consumer is good for the orthodontist. And obviously, uh, you know, reducing visits and, and remote monitoring is something that we, we've been behind for a long time. But tell me a little bit about the Invisalign virtual care, and in particular, how does that uh, compare to dental monitoring, which is probably, you know, the most known um, remote care monitoring yeah. platform that's out right now? Yeah, it's a great question, man. We, um, you know, right now there's two parts of our program. One is you have a Zoom where you just basically do a Zoom call with a patient remotely in order to, you know, you can assess a case live or, you know, talk to a patient or whatever. And then we have a picture orientation where patients take pictures uh, and, you know, doctors and clinicians or whoever is within that workflow would take a look at those pictures. Uh, you'll see us come out with AI algorithms here shortly that will be able to, you know, indicate uh, if, if a doctor should look at a patient, if they're off track or whatever, and dental monitoring has that capability. And we certainly are developing and, and ready to launch that capability too. And so I just see, see this as a critical aspect of a digital workflow. I think it's good for patients. I think it's really good for doctors. I think uh, it really allows doctors to, I think, control their workflow better and not have patients in the office when they don't need to be there. And, and frankly, patients don't want to come into the office, right? We all have busy lives and especially patients with teens, which are, you know, 80% of uh, the demographics, you know, of what most orthodontists work with in the United States and all over the world is usually two people are coming to the office at the same time too. So I just think it's, a, it's one of the great parts about digital is it gives you more control and understanding of what's going on with your patient. It doesn't have to be, you know, real time. So you'll see us constantly improving this program. And uh, image recognition is a big part of what we do. Obviously, we, with what, what, you know, what the capabilities and the software and algorithms that we've developed in the company. And applying that you know, in a remote form with patients is something that obviously is a core competency that we have. And bettering that program, working with doctors to, to improve it and make sure it fits well with their workflow. So, you know, the, the, as you said, the currency is data. And obviously, right. uh, nobody collects more data than you do. And, 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 and I'm sure that that's the basis for the advancements that, that you've made and, and the improvements yes. in the product. And, and as, you know, as a retired orthodontist, I took advantage of that when I was in practice and, and certainly appreciate all of that. But let, let me voice a concern that's out there. You know, I'm on sure. all the Facebook pages, so I'm always, uh, you know, 
getting a pulse of, of what orthos are, are saying and thinking. And, and, you know, there, there's a lot of, still a lot of concern. And I know you've addressed this before, even on our own podcast, but I want to give you the opportunity to address it again. And that's the concern that uh, a line will go independent, that a line will use all this data that they've collected and go to either direct to the public or somehow squeeze out the orthodontist. So, so yeah. take the opportunity to address that to our listeners because it, you know, they, it may, they may not say it, but it's on their mind. Yeah. I know it's there, Leon. I'm glad you asked the question. Cause it's kind of like the dog in the room, you know, um, it's, it, this is, I can tell you very clearly, we will not bypass the doctor. Having 25 years of experience, you learn a lot of what we're talking about, algorithms, how to move teeth, all those things we just explained. But you also were, you, you, and I don't just say this for the crowd or because I'm in this, I, this is what I believe in my soul and a company does too. Having a doctor in the process is critical. You're moving teeth through bone. You're never quite sure everything's going to go the way it was, no matter how sophisticated you are and how good this is. This is, you know, you know this, the onion orthodontist, Amy, you've been around long enough. You know, this is really tough to do. You know, moving teeth in sequence. And I mean, it is, it's, you're extruding, you're intruding, you're, you know, rotating molars. I mean, this is very difficult stuff, all in 3D. And a doctor needs to be there and needs to understand the case, be able to to modulate the case if something goes wrong, to be able to assess it. So you hear it from me, we are not going to direct to consumers. It just, it doesn't make sense for us. We believe in the doctor piece, we'll stay dedicated to that. We, we feel it's best for consumers themselves. And obviously it's good, it's good for orthodontists and, and, and obviously the doctors that work for us, but that's not why I'm saying it because we really feel it's the right thing to do. And it's the way we set up our, our processes with that doctor in the center. So I think you know, while on we're that, on the, I was going to go the same direction. While we're on on the on that note, um, yeah. you know, what about academia? You know, my dad teaches at Harvard, and I've um, you know assisted in, in some of the marketing stuff. But it, what's Align doing, or is Align preparing ortho residents for uh, managing the technologies available to them? You know, Amy, we, we do, um, you know, at Harvard, in fact, we probably have a better relationship with Harvard than we do with most universities and Leon, uh, mm -hmm. uh, you know, Greg, uh, obviously, you know, Greg Baker has been a, a big advocate for us and helps in that way too. And Donna Galante has had interfaces with Harvard University too. And Harvard might be one of the most open universities to our, mm -hmm. to our, you know, obviously the digital platform and all that we talk about. But, you know, when I used to run GE Healthcare, um, you know, obviously very sophisticated medical equipment, MRI, CTs, positron emission tomographies, you know, image agents that attach to cancer cells. I mean, I, I could go on all day, right? When I took something like that to an academic institution, you go to Stanford, you go to Columbia, you go to like Sloan Kettering or whatever, they would be all over you. You know, they'd be new. How do we incorporate it from a clinical standpoint? Uh, Joe, you know, what can we, they work together with you. I have one of my most frustrating things in this role is the lack of interest from an academic standpoint. We would do so much more if we could, if we were let in. And it's, uh, it's honestly a mystery to me because it's so different from the clinical experience that I had in running GE Healthcare versus the negativity of most of the orthodontic institutions that when we go there about our product, about the digital process and what it does, you really start in a defensive position and it's very hard to get behind that. And so I'd be interested in, in your thoughts and comments Leon, with your experience at Harvard and different areas is what we could do better 
in order to, in order to you know partner with those institutions to really bring digital is the main you know theme within those those developmental processes that they have. Well, I, I will definitely get back to you uh, with some suggestions for sure. I know I can't speak for other universities, but I know at Harvard we. We spend a lot of time with our residents preparing them to treat with clear aligners. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that, that we know the demand is there. And, you know, it, it's, it's not inexpensive to go to any ortho program, particularly expensive to go to Harvard. Uh, so, you know, these residents are coming out with a lot of debt. And, you know, I, I, yes. I, I know I can speak for the rest of the faculty when I say that we want to prepare them to, to be able to pay off their loans and, and make a living. So, you know, the, the, the clear aligner um, aspect of it is, is key at Harvard, but we could do better. And if you're willing to help us do better, I will get back to you with some recommendations for sure. But while we're talking about Align technology, let me, let me again, and I don't want to, uh, you know, put you on the spot, but I'm here to represent your job, what I'm hearing on, on Facebook and what I'm hearing from orthos. And, and, you know, I'm the one that's here with you. So I could tell you that there is a general uh, uh, upset in the profession about the price increase recently. And it wasn't a huge amount, but it was retroactive. I don't know. I, 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 I haven't read all of the, you know, all, all the rants, but I could tell you that it pissed people off. So, you know, what is it? Why is it? And explain it to us. Yeah. Well, I think I don't have to explain the inflationary environment that we're in, right? I mean, I mean, you can see it in everything that you do as we do as individuals or whatever. Um, we know when you go back in time, we haven't raised prices since 2019. Uh, during the, uh, the downturn, too, you know, we obviously, um, you know, helped you know, customers as much as we could, free PPE, virtual care at no cost, right? I mean, we did extended our balance sheet to, you know, our customers, try to help them through that. We did, you know, everything I thought a company possibly could. We didn't lay off anybody. So our salespeople were always engaged and everything was together. And, um, you know, I, I know that was appreciated by most of the orthodontic community out there. And, you know, we did what we could to partner. At the same time, we're seeing, you know, at this point in time, we're seeing a significant increase in cost. And, my thought was, you know, every, you know, you could see my competitors are launching price increases too. So it's no mystery the sense the industry is moving that way. The processing fees, when you look at those, they average a little bit over 1%, like 1%. When you say retroactive, it's retroactive on, on what would be additional aligners on cases that are, but we'll start this in January. So that's when, you know, these, these charges are actually implemented. And, you know, let's just say it's one to, you know, one to one and a half percent. And I, I actually didn't want to do a general price increase because I thought it was, you know, it, it's too holistic in the sense of across the whole portfolio. And I went after the most substantial cost item I could think of, which was the shipment car cost that we're incurring, uh, you know, because of, you know, again, everything I think everyone knows. I've been in this business long enough. It's six years now. I know nothing like this goes over well. I understand that. I just hope that the orthodontist can take this in context and not think it's opportunistic or it's something that big battle line is trying to exploit some situation or whatever. I thought it would send more of a positive message in the sense that we really were addressing direct costs, not just an across the board price increase, but something was impacting our business. And there could be, you know, you know, hopefully that, you know, we could, you know, uh, at least appeal 
to, to, you know, to our customer base and our doctor base, that we're trying to do the right thing. Thanks for that explanation and, um, and for all of your insight today. Um, we appreciate you coming on as always and would look forward to having you on again to learn more about the technologies that uh, are coming out from Align moving forward. If our listeners, um, you know, want to learn, have specific questions, um, who's the best person to reach or how can they best reach someone at Align? Oh, you know, individual the best thing reps, is our yeah, our individual investor, you know, our communications person is Shirley Stacy too. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, there's no one shy in this industry, Amy. If you have a question, send it to me too. Okay. And I okay. I, I mean, normally we students. say, "How can we best reach you?" When everyone has questions, and I hear myself <laughs> saying that, and I took a step back there and thought maybe he doesn't want uh, three thousand emails coming uh, through know, to direct you. Well, I, you know. I do my best to try to look, I think business in the end is, is a relationship and, and not a transaction. And uh, yeah. I want, I want our doctors to feel that way that we actually feel that way. We're looking for a relationship, not a transaction. And I hope they'll take what we talked about in that context. Absolutely. Well, I, I, I certainly appreciate how uh, available you've been to us and how yes. open you've been to addressing some, you know, not, not all softballs come your way and you've been very yeah. gracious in terms of, uh, uh, you know, answering them and, and addressing the orthodontist. So um, on behalf of all of our listeners, I really appreciate the fact you've come on. Thanks. Leon. And remember, I don't worry about softballs or hardballs, really. I honestly, I think if we, a deal from the standpoint of trust is I'll tell you the truth and how we're feeling and what we're doing. And I, I'd rather have hard questions than soft ones. I think those are more pertinent to your audience and to what we're dealing with right now. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. Next time you come on, we'll we'll pull the troops and get some get some good ones to <laughs> lob your way. <laughs> <laughs> no, I look forward to it. I'm happy to come on. I'm really happy to come on at any time. All right. Well, thanks, Joe. Good, thanks. You can subscribe to. Other podcast episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and now YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you enjoyed it, we'd appreciate you telling a colleague about us. For more information about people in practice, you can sign up for our free marketing newsletter on our website at pplpractice.com. And if you have any marketing questions at all, you can contact me directly at leon at pplpractice.com. And remember... It's never been a better time to be an orthodontist. We are in the golden age. And until next time, so long. Thank you for joining us on the Survival Guide for Orthodontists, where we help your practice grow within a massively disrupted industry. Subscribe to this podcast and connect with us on social media. Find us online at thesurvivalguidefororthodontists.com.